Are you tired of feeling exhausted, stressed, and unable to perform at your best? Do you struggle with hormonal imbalances and adrenal fatigue? If so, this is the podcast for you. I'm Natalie Tisdall, a journalist who decided enough is enough. I left a career that looked glamorous to do what I was scared of doing, going out on my own. I'm a married working mom of three. On this podcast, we're going to talk about issues that really matter. Why am I not sleeping? What's up with that diet everyone's talking about? Are my kids falling behind? How do I leave that job and start over? Welcome to the Natalie Tisdall Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, everyone. It's Natalie. It's summer, and I'm working on some new things for the podcast and the website, but I'm also committed to bringing you health topics like the one you're going to hear today. This episode's pretty special. We're talking about adrenal fatigue and hormonal issues that cause you to be exhausted. It's something I know a lot of you struggle with and something I've struggled with as well, but it's special because my expert has an incredible story. Lizzie Enns, a board-certified functional nutritional practitioner who will share her expertise on how to rebalance your hormones and achieve whole body healing is joining me. She's also an author and formerly part of an Amish community in Ohio. She left or escaped, as she says, and started her journey as a board certified nutritional practitioner, a personal trainer, author, and speaker as well. Lizzie helps people get more energy, get better sleep, and rebalance their hormones by focusing on whole body healing so their body can function at its best. I know you're going to learn and be inspired by her today. Take a minute, if you would, please, to join me for my newsletter. The link is in the show notes and subscribe to the podcast so you'll be notified when it comes out each week. Hi, Lizzie. Good to have you on the show. Thank you, Natalie. I'm so excited. Well, I want to talk about a topic a lot of women don't think about when they're tired, exhausted, burned out, and they're not sure why they go like me for years straight to a cup of coffee thinking this is going to solve my problem or an energy drink or whatever it is. And it might actually be something more. So let's talk about cortisol levels, adrenal health, and some of those topics that maybe we're not considering when we don't have energy. Absolutely. This is my cup of tea. <laughs> That's good. Tea is yes. better than coffee for you, by the way. <laughs> yes, tea is better. Although I am a huge coffee drinker. Not like, okay, I'm not going to drink like a pot a day or anything like that. But there's something about the experience of a cup of coffee for me. Me too. I, you know, get up and I'm just like, oh, I got to have this moment. It's like, the experience more than yeah. the caffeine for me. No, I, yeah. I, I said this a, a few weeks ago. I said, I, I did this 72 hour fast and I couldn't have coffee. And I oh, realized God. during that fast, how much I like actually rely on that. Like I, I wake up and I'm, I am energetic. I'm good to go, but I, I crave that, that coffee. I want to have that experience yeah. and going on that detox. I was like, oh man, like I realized how much my body is actually using that caffeine yeah. for my energy as I'm going through the day. I had to take naps. Wow. But even yeah. so that little bit of caffeine, and we'll get in here to the cortisol and things, but that caffeine, but for me, again, when I wake up, I want to smell that coffee. I have yeah. to just kind of, I'm a slow, it's a slow process mm -hmm. in the morning. I want to sit, I want to read for a few minutes. And I, I just want that, that comfort. Yes. I don't know what it is. I, is, is it something that we've been like programmed to believe and think? I don't Probably. know. It's experience. <laughs> it's the so, experience. 
So a little bit of coffee, of course, caffeine, whatever it is, fine. But when that's not doing the trick, tell us about what these other issues might be. I know for me personally, high levels of stress and cortisol, it's that fight or flight and your body is just continuing to fight and how that's, that can cause problems in our, in our system. Yes, absolutely. So when we are, are stressed and like you said, the cortisol goes up and we go into that fight or flight. And as humans, we have not been taught how to just like bring it back down as soon as that danger is over. Mm -hmm. So like an animal, if you go out into the wild, let's say a, a tiger, for example, and the tiger's chasing the deer, their cortisol shoots through the roof for the deer because the fight or flight comes in as the tiger's chasing the deer. As soon as the tiger stops chasing the deer, the deer's fine. He walks away. Cortisol drops back down and their, bo their body is back into homeostasis. Whereas for humans, we don't know how to just bring it back down because we're remembering that and we're going to stay in that fight or flight for hours, sometimes days. So yeah. for example, like if you've been in a car accident and something really, really traumatic happened, you're gonna stay in that fight or flight for a long time because we haven't been taught how to bring it back down. So then what happens is you start spitting out all of this cortisol and you only have so much. And then it's a downstream effect of, okay, now your adrenals are gonna start getting depleted and you're gonna start like being tired and you're also going to get to a place, and I don't know if you've experienced this or not, but I call it the wired and tired. Yeah. So yeah, you're like, I'm so wired, but I'm so exhausted. And yeah. I, but a cup of coffee is not, the caffeine is not going to do anything. But what you want to see really in the cortisol is you want, your cortisol should be at its peak in the morning. So when it's at its peak in the morning, that's when you should wake up. You have that energy just naturally. You have a clear mind. You're ready to go. Not in a fight or flight state. It's just where it's naturally supposed to be. And then it's supposed to gradually drop throughout the day. You still should have energy, but it creates this nice L. And by evening, mm. it converts into melatonin so that you can go to sleep. Oh, interesting. So if you're not getting that L or that dropping cortisol later in the day, what happens? So when you have this constant like rise and fall of cortisol or this, this fight or flight, what will happen is you may have a low cortisol in the morning and then a spike in the evening and it's flipped. So mm -hmm. if you find yourself in the evening being like, at like seven, eight or nine, you're like, this is the most productive time of my day. I have energy and I can get stuff done, there's a very, very good chance that you got a spike of cortisol in the evening and you just go and get stuff done. And then you also have trouble falling asleep. Mm, makes sense. Because you got yep. that, that cortisol. But then the next part of it too, is if you're finding yourself waking up in the middle of the night, two to 3 a.m. every single night, and you're awake for an hour, you're just wired. Hmm you can't go back to sleep, there's a good chance that you got a spike of cortisol at that point in time because of some imbalance that's going on internally with the body. Could be a blood sugar drop. So when our blood sugar drops too low, we'll actually get a spike of cortisol 
to bring homeostasis back into the body because that's the body's job is try to do everything it can to bring things back into homeostasis well when blood sugar drops too low the body goes oh my gosh like things Mm -hmm. are not where they need to be and i need to keep you safe so cortisol fight or flight comes in and you wake up in the middle of the night and you're like well i'm wide awake yeah yeah and then you can't get back to sleep and then you're tired all day and then you get that vicious cycle yep and it just keeps going Let's talk about the adrenal side of this then. So if your adrenals are fatigued, what does that mean? Is the cortisol affecting the adrenal glands? And how do we, I guess more importantly, how do we fix that? Yeah, so there's two ends of the spectrum. There's the spectrum of too much cortisol and it's just always spitting and you're just like up here the entire time. And then there's, I have none. Like, and you're just completely exhausted both ends of the spectrum, you're going to be exhausted. It's just that one has way too much cortisol and the other one has none. Hmm. And so that starts to really, really affect the adrenals. But also you have to remember that with the adrenals and the cortisol, you have your other hormones connected with with that. You have your DHEA, you have your cholesterol. So those are like backbones to your adrenals and your cortisol is this whole complex system but what you want to think about when it comes to your adrenals how do you how do you fix it well one you have to allow yourself to rest you have to let your body get to a place where it's like maybe you're gonna have to take a nap every single day for a while in order to give your body the rest that it needs but really there are some really really simple things that you can do too which is bringing in specific vitamins and minerals that help supply the adrenals with the nutrients that they need in order to heal. So many women do really, really well with a good adrenal supplement for a while. You don't want to stay on it forever. And what I usually have my clients do is they'll do like a cycle of being on the adrenal supplements and then we just keep them around for a week that they're like really, really stressed and they have a lot going on. Yeah. They give their body those nutrients, those vitamins during that stressful time to keep things from going wacko, just to yeah. keep, them, keep them fat. So yeah. And it, if you're in like extreme adrenal fatigue, you're probably going to have to give coffee up for a bit until you get to a place where it's stable. And if, if you're someone that's like really relying on coffee, that's the hardest part. Yeah, to have to rely on it every day. It's one thing to have a cup or two in the morning, but to drink it throughout the day, any type of caffeine probably isn't great. Usually that's like stage three or stage four Mm -hmm. adrenal fatigue. So how do we know? I mean, I see a doctor who does blood draws and can see these things, but how do you work with clients and how would you suggest for someone who suspects they are having cortisol issues or adrenal issues to monitor this? Would you suggest they just go buy an adrenal support type vitamin, which is what I do? What would you suggest? I I would suggest to get levels checked before you just like, you know, go out and say, Hey, I need these because the way that I work with my clients is I, I do lab work. I look at their labs and I do a pretty in-depth panel and then I work in the functional field. So when I'm, I don't know what kind of doctor you see, mm-hmm. but in the functional field, the way that we look at things is the body as the entire system. So when I'm looking at labs, it's like a puzzle piece. It's like looking at like, okay, where are the dots connected? So if you have, let's say example, like a thyroid issue, 
it's never just a thyroid issue. There's a downstream problem that's happening and we have to connect the dots on why that is and then look at the root cause of those issues and work our way through from there. So it's like focusing on healing the body from the inside out versus like just looking at things externally or looking for diagnosis. Because a lot of times what we want to look at is for those missing pieces. Where's the body deficient? What What's deficient? Because we have symptoms, our body's symptoms that we're having, if we're tired, if we're bloated, if we're cranky, like whatever it is, if we are having very specific symptoms, it's just your body telling you yeah. that there's something off and we yeah. need to figure out what it is. And so looking at the labs, looking at the cortisol, I can't believe how many doctors don't check cortisol. It's astonishing yeah. to me. Yeah. I, I did recently a saliva test for cortisol, suspecting that my cortisol levels were high and, and then did a follow-up blood test. They were a little bit different, but we think it was possibly because I was having some hives and I was using a, a cream that probably threw off the saliva test. It was an yeah. anti-itch cream, so it had something in it. And so you have to really know who you're working with, what you're doing, and, and go to someone who will like you analyze every bit. I'm a big believer in that too. I mean, you can, you can start taking a medicine or a vitamin, but it might then change something else. And then you've created another problem. Yeah. And, and you have to consider also if someone's on birth control, mm -hmm. it could affect their cortisol levels. It could also affect lots of other things, yeah. but that's something to, to understand is like certain types of birth control may affect your cortisol levels as well. But it's really, really important to not just go out there and just buy like the next best supplement because someone said that it was going to be good for you. You have to look at what's going on internally, what your body really needs. So when I work with my clients, I, I'm typically not telling them, hey, I want you to go buy these supplements and get on this supplement regimen before I look at their, their labs. And then once we look at their labs and we go, okay, here's what your labs are telling us. And let's be honest, labs aren't like the final answer to everything. They're just a part of the puzzle that we are putting together. But when we look at those labs and then get them on a good nutrition plan and we get them on some supplements that they need in order to bring things up to where they need to be, it's amazing what happens. Yeah. Well, I want to take a little step back because I think your story is fascinating and you've been doing this and helping people I know for a while, but you've also written a book and you have an interesting background. So tell me a little bit about how you got where you are now. Absolutely. So I, I do have a book. Thank you for bringing that up. Escaping My Reflection got published last December. It's a memoir about my story. I grew up Amish in Ohio had like the most strict upbringing in the Amish community. We had no electricity, no indoor running water, no plumbing, like our houses were outside and just really, really hard work. And then I, I escaped when I was 19. I ran away. You just ran away. Yeah. So I, I ran away in the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually, actually it was 10 o'clock at night and I was working at my, my sister's house at the time. I wasn't even at home where I grew up and I couldn't tell anybody that I was leaving. You knew you were about to leave though? You had planned it? That day. 
Mm. So I, I, I was in Ohio and I, I was dating a guy from New York and we didn't have phones or anything like that. And, but our form of communication was writing letters to each other. And we would see each other maybe like twice a year, something like that. Mm. And this time, it, this specific day, it was, it was my turn to go deliver my letter to him that he would get later that week. And when I got to the mailbox, there was a note in the mailbox from him and he he said that I left, I ran away with my sister and her boyfriend yesterday. And if you wanna leave, you can come join us. We'll come by tonight at like 10 o'clock and we'll pick you up. Mm -hmm. If you don't wanna leave, it's fine. I'll come by later and I'll talk to you. Is he Amish as well? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so I waited until that night until like the my sister and her family went to bed i went upstairs pretended like i was going to bed because i was so afraid that someone would be suspicious that i was going to be leaving because i i couldn't leave if, or tell them mm -hmm. if i tell someone they're going to do everything in their power to yeah. to keep me there so i i pretend like i'm going to bed to bed but i go upstairs and i take my covering off and I write a little note to my family and I tell them that I have to go. And I, but then I climb out the window onto a roof and I was gonna jump off this roof and it was a 15 foot roof mm. at least. And I, I sat there for about 30 minutes contemplating like how am I gonna jump off this roof and not break a bone? And eventually got enough, I got enough courage to say, all right, this is my, this is my only way. And I jumped. And you made it. You didn't break a bone. I did not break a bone. <laughs> I made it. I ran and I, and I left. And that was 19 years ago. What's today? May 31st. I think it was May 31st, 19 years ago. Oh my. Wow. Yeah. Did you ever look back? So I never looked back in the form of, I want to want to go back. I do see my family. So my, my dad, he passed away when I was 13. So my mom is still there and I have 18 siblings and there's, mm. yeah, there's, there's four of us that left. Your mom but, had, did your mom birth 19 children? She did. Oh my goodness. Where were you in the mix? I was right in the middle. I was wow. number nine and I have a twin sister and she was number 10. Oh yeah. My. my mom had three sets of twins. Oh, okay. So, so she had what, 16 pregnancies or something like that still. Wow. At one point, at one point she had five kids in diapers. Oh, could you wow. imagine? No, no, no. So no. you do speak with your family now? Yeah, I go, I go see my mom about once a year when I go back to Ohio, I see her. Mm. I don't see a lot of my siblings just because they're all over the place. And that's a lot of siblings. And I, most of them, they wouldn't even want me to come to their home. Mm. If they okay. were at home at my mom's place, when I go home and see her, they would say hi and talk to me, but I don't think they, they would want me to come to their house. Is it very common what you did? Yes, it is. But in, in, the overall realm of things, the percentage of people that leave is still pretty small. Hmm. Yeah. Know, there's a lot of people that do leave, but, but still, like, if you think about how many people are there and, and how many people leave, it's still a pretty small percentage. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Are there things about your upbringing that have helped you in your life now? I'm so glad you asked that question. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, so I, I told you a couple of weeks ago, I did the 72 hour fast. And mm -hmm. when you do, when you do a fast where it's only water, it makes you, it, it's a spiritual experience. It makes you go within and realize some things about yourself that you've never, you know, found out before. So I did this with a mentor of mine. He, he was like, Hey, I do these 72 hour fast. Would you do one with me? And I said, yes, absolutely. I like a good challenge, but I also went in doing it in a way of like, okay, this is not about me trying to lose weight and, you know, get into a specific sizing like that. That's not the purpose here. The purpose was for me to see what my body is capable of and what my mind is capable of and what I can learn. So after that experience, he asked me, what is it about this fast that you learn about yourself and how is that connected to your past and your upbringing? Mm -hmm. And I said, it took me like two seconds. And I said, oh, that's easy. It's order, structure, and discipline. Because we had, we had order, we had structure, and we had immense discipline. So we didn't have TVs. We didn't have technology to, you know, get like focused on that instead of our work. So it was getting up every morning, you go milk the cows, you feed the chickens, then everybody comes in and we all have breakfast together. And then there's work and whether it's gardening, sewing, canning, any of those kinds of things, lunch comes around, the family all comes together. We eat lunch, you go back and then we take a nap. We would take a nap after lunch. And then you go back to work and then dinner comes around. Everybody comes in again and we have dinner. And then after dinner, it's the evening chores. You go back and you, so you have that mm -hmm. consistency and that structure and that discipline every single day. And that is something that so many people are missing in, in this world. And mm -hmm. if you want to be successful in your health, if you want to get to your goals, whether it's your health or your business, anything like that, you have to have those three things. So you appreciate having learned those things, having had that. I was actually more curious about just the natural way that you grew up from mm -hmm. eating from the land, having fresh milk, like, you know, as a nutrition, yeah. a person who appreciates that it's actually harder to find that in our world today. You know, I can, I can go to Whole Foods or I can go to whatever market, but I was thinking that you would say something about appreciating the land and the way, the healthy way you grew up. Well, so there's healthy parts to it, mm. but they're the biggest, one of the biggest misconceptions about the Amish people is that they're healthy and you think they, you think they would be because they do grow their own fruits and vegetables. They, they do get some fruits from like, we had this like fruit orchard that was close by and we would buy like big baskets of, of fruits because we had a large family. That was, a, that was a lot of fruit to grow. So my dad did have an orchard, but it didn't provide enough for all of us. And mm -hmm. so we would buy that from, from a local orchard. And we obviously raised our own animals. We had three to 400 laying hens. So we had all these eggs and we sold those and we had huge vegetable gardens in the summer and we would sell tons of vegetables in the summer as well. And then obviously the farming 
and all of that. So they do use the land. They they utilize all of those things really, really well. It's the way that they cook their food that makes the healthy part of it go away, which is very, very unfortunate. Mm. But they're not taught how to not cook like that. So Mm. if I were to make, you know, some green beans at home, it would be boiling them and then making some kind of creamy gravy to go in with them. Mm. And lots of fried food. So you had, if you had fresh chicken there, it was going to be fried in butter and flour. Oh, I see. Didn't so realize lots, that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So lots of fried things like that. You, we have fresh milk. We made our own butter. We made, we mm. did all of those things, but it's the way that they make their food that sort of like takes away that part of it. And they use tons of sugar, Mm. high fructose corn syrup, you know, just like plain white sugar, like, and lots of flour. So we had, we always had pies or cookies or cakes every single week. We would make those things. In any community, in any culture. Yeah. You make choices, right? Yep. Yep. (laughs) In how you yeah, and I, I have so much gratitude and respect for what my experience was and, and the things that I learned. And I know that there's a lot of things that I learned when I was there that I will always have with me and I'll always be grateful for. And it's something that a lot of people in the modern world are, are missing and they're craving it. They want it. They want to know how to go go back to the basics, which is something that I, I teach my clients is like, you don't have to overcomplicate things. You can just keep it simple and learn how to balance your plate with some protein, some complex carbs, some vegetables and healthy fats and figure out how I help them figure out like what that looks like for them and keep it, keeping it super simple like that so that it doesn't feel like they have to be on a diet. It feels like it's just a lifestyle that they can sustain. It's not tied to anything specific, except for like what makes our body feel good. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds to me like you, you have blended your past and technology in the modern world that you live in now, but have found the order, the discipline, how important that is. And you found a, a really good balance of those things. Yes, absolutely. And I, I, I've just recently discovered that a little bit more. So I'm like starting to implement it and teach it a lot more because mm-hmm. I realized like this is the thing that so many people are missing. And for me, I, I was trying to figure out like, what is it? And I, I realized that, oh, it's because we didn't have Netflix. We didn't have any other options. We didn't have video games. There was no options for those types of things. It was just, no. And not that, not that those things are bad in a way of like, you should never have them. But, but too it, much of anything, be it yeah. sugar or Netflix, yeah. can be really bad for you. You have to have that balance. And then you have, at the end of the day, you mm. have to ask yourself, how are your habits serving you? Like, are they helping you propel forward and move towards your goal? Because a lot of people think that they just need to stay motivated and be motivated to work towards the goal. But motivation without execution and discipline is nothing like your motivation is going to come and go. Nobody, I'm not motivated all the time, but if I remember why it is what I do, what the reason is behind that and the discipline and keeping that structure behind it, 
that's where you will go to the finish line because you're going to show up even on the days that you're like, I'm not motivated. Yeah, that's so true. Well, I know there's a whole lot more to your story and that's in your book. And I have a million other questions I could ask, but I want to encourage people to learn from what you wrote. And I'll put that link to buy your book in the show notes. Yes. And where can people find you either for the book or for your services and helping and helping them with some of the other topics that we've talked about in cortisol and adrenals? Absolutely. I have a free adrenal guide. I'll send that to you and you put that in the show notes for anybody that wants to grab that. My Instagram handle is lizzieends underscore wellness. Very active on there. And if you message me, you'll probably get a response from me in there. And then if you want to have a consultation with me, you can grab my link and book a call with me and I get to meet you. Great. Well, Lizzie, it's such a pleasure. And thanks for teaching us a little bit today and for sharing your story. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining the Natalie Tisdall podcast. You can follow along on Instagram and at natalietisdall.com. Subscribe to the show to catch every new episode and leave a review so I can continue to bring you fresh content. See you next week.